Welcome to Intelligence Talks from the research team at Knight Frank. Intelligence Talks brings you the latest insights on property market trends and forecasts, along with expert analysis from industry leaders. I'm Anna Ward, Senior Residential Analyst at Knight Frank. I'm joined today by Tom Bill, Head of London Residential Research, Head of Lettings, Gary Hall, and Head of London Sales, James Clark. In our third episode, we'll be discussing how the pandemic is impacting the London sales and lettings markets. With most housing deals on ice for now, as the government urges people not to move, what measures could eventually be brought in to get these markets moving again? And how has coronavirus affected sales and lettings numbers so far? So, Tom, can you tell us a bit about how the sales and lettings markets are faring under lockdown? Sure. I think the overall point to make is that there's probably more going on than people might expect from their own lockdown vantage point. It's quite easy to assume that the world has effectively stopped, but the truth is that there are still things going on. People are still planning for what comes next. People are still having those sorts of conversations. Effectively, it feels to me like an almighty pause button has been pressed on the market. And if we try to drill down and look at sales and nettings in a bit more detail, perhaps unsurprisingly, lettings activity has been higher during the lockdown. It's an industry that's matured in recent years. It can now turn things around pretty quickly. It's certainly the most agile and responsive part of the UK housing market. So things like virtual viewings have been much more prevalent in the lettings market. New tenant registrations haven't fallen as far. New listings have held up better. Whereas in the sales market, those deals that are underway, some have fallen through, but it's no higher than normal sorts of fall-through rates that we would expect to see. We've seen ad hoc renegotiations taking place on pricing, but these are effectively figures that are being plucked from the air, 5 or 10%, depending on how much risk people see associated with COVID-19. Now, whether people are willing to accept those discounts is based on need. It's all very case by case. Just looking at time periods, Tom, I've just wondered what you would say about how the numbers compare from the start of the lockdown versus now. Interestingly, for both in sales and lettings, new registrations of buyers and of tenants has pretty much doubled on a, on a sort of overall basis since the start of the lockdown. And to put that into some perspective, so the week ending the 28th of March, which was the first week of the lockdown, new tenants registering with us were 59% below the five-year average which by the week ending the 2nd of May had climbed to 38% below five-year average. Whereas if you look at what's happening on the sales market, in the week ending the 28th of March, registrations were 77% below the five-year average. And by the week ending the 2nd of May, that was 60% below the five-year average. I mean, we look at a whole range of numbers on a daily basis. We have all of these dashboards and we try and spot what the trends are. And we speak to our people on the ground to make sure the numbers and the anecdotal evidence match. And what it all really points to, I think, is initially, unsurprisingly, I think people froze as they tried to work out what was going on. And over recent weeks, that's slowly given way to planning for the next stage. We heard from Boris Johnson at the weekend about what life in the UK might start to look like as restrictions are relaxed, but, it, but it's, it's, no, it's no good getting carried away. Things are, n- are nothing like normal. We've bottomed out in some respects in terms of some of those demands and activity indicators, but we're still pretty far from normal. Gary, what about you? What are you currently seeing in the lettings market at the moment? What sort of activity is going on? We've definitely been surprised by the level of activity on the letting side. We're used to doing virtual viewings, FaceTime viewings. We've done them for quite a few years with international overseas students taking properties virtually as they're not able to get to London before the peak of the market. So this isn't a completely new thing for us, but we've definitely been surprised by the volume of activity that's happened since lockdown. Our market is split a bit into two. Below £1,000 a week in central London, there's a lot more activity, a lot more demand. People are willing to take properties virtually. 
above a thousand pounds it is a little bit slower people are holding off there have been some amazing instances of top end deals being done we had one property in central london which was north of fourteen thousand pounds per week that was rented and moved into over this period obviously we use all social distancing measures ensure that we're taking all precautions possible but people still need to move there's still a necessity whether you're spending fourteen hundred pounds a week or fourteen thousand pounds a week people need to find homes and we've been surprised delighted and there's definitely still a market for us there. James, what are you seeing going on in sales at the moment? Have there been any surprises here? Gary's obviously pointed out some activity going on in lettings that surprised him. What's happening in sales? Very similar to Gary and the lettings teams. We're seeing activity right across the board. Tom has already pointed out the pipelines are on the whole staying intact. We've lost anywhere between 10 and 15% of the pipeline going into this current situation which you would see in any given market. So that has been hugely encouraging. I think we very much are in a holding pattern rather than a collapse. We also have been surprised by the volumes of activity, clearly nowhere near what they would normally be. But we have had hundreds of requests for virtual viewings, virtual MAs. So I think moving forward, the use of technology will definitely come to the fro a lot, lot more. And we have seen several exchanges from one and a half million pounds going up to circa 20 whilst we haven't been in lockdown. The larger deals obviously pre-agreed going into this current situation, but the sort of equivalent Gary at up to a thousand pounds a week. So for us, probably up to sort of one, one and a half million, we have had exchanges happen on the back of virtual tours. So the confidence is there. Obviously, there is uncertainty at the moment, and we'll have to await the certain announcements from the government to what we can and what we can't do. Overall, we've been pleased by the volume of activity. And would you say in those examples that you mentioned, obviously, some exchanges are still going on, and presumably that must be a sign of confidence in the market? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lots of them have got floating completions or COVID clauses, which is becoming the norm at the moment. So there's clarification on what we can and what we can't do in terms of being able to move people. The whole logistics around a move, whether that be sales or lettings, is cleared up. The transactions that we have done will complete and they will move forward at a pace. Let's look now at what might happen going forward. So just thinking about the practical steps the market could take and how the government can help. Gary, in lettings, what kind of measures do you think are in the mix and how do you think life could start to get back to normal? Going on the activity levels we've had, I think we'll spring back pretty quickly. The things that we need to remember is there's quite a few more touch points on the letting side than we have on the sales side. We've got inventory clerks that need to attend properties. We've got cleaners, maintenance, safety checks that need to be done. So as James said, the logistics of process is going to be interesting. But going on the activity we've had, we expect it to spring back into life pretty quickly. I think it's just we just need to expect a slightly longer period before a tenant views a property. They can see it, whether virtually or in person and then how quickly we can get that process done so I think there'll be a kind of prolonged period before a tenant says I want to take a flat to actually moving in so we've got to expect that timeline to be delayed slightly but I think we're going to move hopefully back into the kind of start of the summer market and I think activity will be there we just need to manage that process from our side in terms of ensuring that our employees are kept safe our tenants our landlords and also the contractors we work with to make sure that the process works well there's going to be a change and normal is going to be very different to what it was a couple of months ago. So given we're now obviously in early May I mean would you expect a relatively sizable increase in activity in sort of late summer? 
yeah, there has to be, we'll have pent up demand and that needs to come out. So there'll be a good level of activity. And I'd be very surprised if there's not in the next kind of month or so expecting restrictions to be eased and that demand should be there. The only thing we may not see in the same level of is international students, international travel is going to be restricted. So I think we're obviously going to see a decline in international students coming in. But I think the domestic market, London is obviously massive and people moving around the southeast, there'll be a a strong demand over the next few months. James, what about you? What are you thinking at the moment on just new measures? What do you think could support the London sales market? I think first and foremost, the government need to come out and give us the sort of guidelines, as it were, as to what we can and can't do. And we'll fit the process accordingly in terms of our teams, what our brokers can and can't do, how surveyors are going to be able to access property to obviously help facilitate the lending side of things. And I think once we've got those, we can quickly draw up an action plan to how our sales team are going to do business to help us interact with our clients, both buyers and vendors alike. And I think from there, things will pick up. In terms of activity, as I've said, I think we're very much in a holding pattern. So once we have those guidelines and we'll be able to get up and running, I think the historically busy spring market will just go on into the summer because we have that pent-up demand. The sort of web traffic's getting back to where it was. Inquiries are starting to get back to where they were pre this situation, just like lettings, we're expecting a pretty quick bounce back. And there's been talk, James, as well, of a stamp duty holiday. How important do you think that could be and do you think it's likely to happen? I think it would be vitally important. It would definitely get the market going very, very quickly, one should imagine. I can't necessarily see that happening. It's a slightly hot political potato. Maybe we could have some form of holiday, whether it could be uh, delayed slightly on for, for actual payment to be delayed after the transaction, post-transaction. The likelihood of that happening, I would say, is unlikely, but it's one that we would definitely vote for as agents. What about you, Tom? Do you think the government is likely to try and help the industry through things like its stamp duty holiday? Well, without wishing to put a downer on things, what I'm hearing back at the moment is it's a pretty firm no in terms of stamp duty holiday or a cut. And that's unsurprising in one way, given the financial holes the government is going to have to plug. But buying and selling homes has a much wider knock-on effect for the economy. Think about all that spend on renovations, talking about billions of pounds a year. So there's there's also a bigger picture to consider which I'm sure is exactly what all those clever people at the Treasury will be doing. The property market has become very politicised in recent years. It's a bricks and mortar asset. It's not going anywhere. It's therefore pretty easy to tax. But the more you tax an activity, of course, the less you get of it. What we would say is that, of course, the government needs to balance the books, notwithstanding any appetite from foreign investors to hold sterling and to fund some of its spending after this. But we think the government should look at where we've come from as well in recent years with property tax. It's been a pretty incessant series of tax changes. As I said, it's a straightforward thing to tax, but it does come a point where it becomes economically optimal to stop. And you certainly wouldn't design the current system the way that it is from scratch. And I think the other thing we're seeing is, of course, lost sales equals lost stamp duty, which underlines why a regular annual tax in the form of a revised council tax is better all round. On that point, just looking back at previous years, Tom, would you say comparisons with 2008 could be useful if you're an investor or if you're trying to time your decisions well at the moment? 
It's a question we're hearing a lot. I think what's happening at the moment is making people feel pre disorientated. So reaching out for recent comparisons does make complete sense. But I don't think 2008 is a massively useful benchmark. First, supply and demand have effectively fell off a cliff together this time around, unlike 2008 when high costs of borrowing led to more forced sellers. There's more parity this time around in terms of those dynamics. So huge price falls of over 20, 25% could be avoided. The other reason is that you've already had falls of over 20% in lots of markets in recent years. So there's much less meat on the bone in terms of how much further prices have to fall. You've also got a completely different interest rate backdrop. Unemployment is not forecast to be as prolonged as it was last time. As an investor, that means you just need to do a lot of homework and get good advice. And nothing's probably really changed on that front. The important thing to do, I think, is to keep a close eye on fundamentals. As I've explained, they are different from 2008, which tells us why the numbers won't be as dramatic this time around. This isn't the global financial crisis mark two. The other thing to keep updated with, of course, is the science and the evidence slowly coming out around a vaccine. I don't think we'll need to go into the mass production stage or a pretty large boost in sentiment when a vaccine comes along. It's difficult to factor in, but there could, of course, be a moment where a switch is flicked back on in terms of sentiment, which would then take its time to work through the economy. But the housing market is, of course, very reliant on sentiment. So those are the sorts of things I think you should factor into your thinking. Just how ready are you to respond? James, on the industry itself, and clearly a pandemic is so unusual, how do you think that the London sales market might change in 12 months? I think in terms of the activity, it will get very, very busy throughout the summer. And going forward, as I said, I think the spring market will become the summer market and we'll see a very strong finish towards Christmas for 2020. And I think moving forward, the way in which we operate has potentially changed forever. We're obviously going to be under certain restrictions. So the use of technology is going to be ever more important. And we've certainly all had a bit of a crash course on how that works from Microsoft team meetings to the virtual tours and the practicalities of being able to show buyers and tenants into properties. So in many respects, we've learned some very valuable lessons that we can take into a much more normal market that I think is only going to benefit everybody. Gary, how do you feel about the lettings market in terms of what might change for the industry going forward? Yeah, similar to James, I suppose there's so much we've learned over the past six weeks, seven weeks, that's going to benefit us and adapt the styles of how we communicate, how we transact. I think the fundamentals that people still want to view properties, they still want to walk around an apartment, they want to see the view. And I don't think we're ever going to get away from that. But I think we've learned a lot in terms of how we can adapt, how we can work smarter. And that will just kind of come to the fore when the restrictions ease and we can get back a semi-normal life. I don't think we'll ever get away from the fact that people still want to walk around a house a home, a flat, a garden, and touch and feel the apartment and ensure that it's something that they want to live in. So I think we'll change, we'll adapt, but I think there still will be the element of the original traditional inspections, viewings, and transactions that we've had in the past. What about just in terms of how people might want to live going forward? Do you think that people want more green space? Will that be important? Will they move out of the city? Any thoughts on that, Gary? I think outside space is going to be a factor. We've seen an uptick in terms of requests for gardens, terraces, swimming pools from the Knight Frank website, from the data that we have. And I think people will think a lot more about the property they have in the space. Maybe not as much as the, the location in terms of how close they're going to need to be to the office, especially if they're going to be working remotely from home. So we could see a small shift in terms of where people want to live and the interior of the property more than the immediate outside of where they are.
James, do you think that would be as true for sales as well? Obviously a much more permanent life decision, but I mean, perhaps equally as important if you're considering things like green space. Absolutely. And just like lettings, we've seen an increase in inquiries for outside space, garden squares. So I think everyone's outlook throughout this current situation has changed. We might have more people that would be looking to leave London and actually have a home outside of London, maybe a pied de inside. So yes, I think for everyone, everything has changed. But I think we can't move away from the fundamentals that London is one of the global financial capitals of the world. People still obviously want to come in and out of London to live and work. It's financially a safe haven for the ultra high net worth individuals as well. So as I say, I'm pretty confident that the demand that we were certainly seeing pre-COVID and sort of post-election and Brexit will very much be there when we return to some form of semi-normality. Tom, what about yourself? What would you say the new normal might look like for the industry? People will want more space, outdoor space and green space. I think on the other hand, you also see an impulse for people who miss the benefits of living in a city and going to the pub and going to restaurants. So you could also see people looking to start congregating more again. And of course, you have the added advantage when you're living close into a city centre of being able to walk to work. More broadly, though, over the next 12 months, we're forecasting is over half a million lost sales this year, with less than half of those coming back in 2021. But the more important question is, when does the industry get back on track, if you like? And we believe that could happen by the end of the year. We'll, of course, be dependent on the science to some degree. Sentiment, as I say, will play a huge role, as always. This is a very fluid, changeable situation. And residential markets in the past have shown just how quickly they can turn. Thanks very much, Tom. Thanks to Gary and James as well. If you enjoyed this episode of Intelligence Talks, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also make sure to share this episode on social media and check out the show notes for more information. Mm